Henry's Horror Show on News Talk. Good morning and welcome to Henry's Horror Show. We'll be celebrating this Halloween bank holiday Monday with some spectacular moments. Coming up this hour, we'll be chatting to Dublin Fire Brigade about the challenges they face at this time of the year. When you get down to it, like they are dangerous, they're mini explosives, and year on year it's been proven. And there is people that lose fingers, that lose eyes, that cause serious damage to skin and end up in hospital. You know, they are extremely dangerous. What are the most popular Halloween outfits? I visited Joke Shop. The squid game costume was really big, but People you can't that. get that. You can't get that, of course, because these things always come out at the last minute. Can you not just wear a tracksuit? Well, people are improvising. That's what happens. And they are type of customers, people who are looking for us, you know, to be a bit inventive and be a bit creative. And they're, they're the type of people we love coming in here. And what do the kids think of Halloween with a special ghostly kids talk? I've seen a banshee. It's real. They're real. It had a ripped up face ripped clothes and it was terrifying. But first, Dublin City Council Waste Management collected 550 tonnes of bonfire material hidden in private gardens, derelict houses and park bushes last year. This year is looking equally as busy. The cat and mouse game between the council and young teenage boys continues. I spoke to the team working flat out to clear wood and debris used for bonfires across the city. Two trucks with a crane are on standby to collect wood at any time. Mark Bruin from Dublin City Council, you're a crane operator. We're here in the depot at the waste moment. Waste management, yeah. In waste management. And we've got this massive truck. You use this truck to collect wood and try and keep the park safe and dismantle these bonfires before they get lit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no area where there's not bonfire material here, there or anywhere. Challenges are there, you'll always get challenges. We kids are kids, we were all kids ourselves. We've all had our Halloween parties and we've been at the bonfires. But the main challenge that I don't agree with is where you've actually parents coming out. You're gonna, you get abuse off the kids, you've stones thrown at you, you've this, that. But when you get some of the, the parents coming out and telling you leave little Johnny's timber alone and this alone and, and then on top of that then, They'd be the same people ringing you, calling you the following week. We aren't just cleaning this up, and we aren't just cleaning that up. That the whole place is in bits. So there's double standards there. There's where double standards all pa- over. Parents yeah. want the bonfire, but then they want you to. They, they spend want the bonfire, and then up. they want. And they, they, like, they don't see the dangers that's in it for, for their kids, and even for themselves, where there's fires close to, say, their own property and this stuff. They don't see the damage, you know, that it could do or cause. So we're looking at the truck here, uh, and inside the truck we've got the big crane and we've got lots of bits of wood. So you would drive this around if someone gives you a tip-off? The public would tip you off, you'd go in. Right, I have to say the guards then do assist greatly then as well. They'd help you out, you know, where you are getting abused. And then we can say that, it's, we say from the week up to Halloween, now never mind, this is all before, rather than cleaning up. Like you see the size of that lorry, you'd be emptying that three, four times a day. Would they pelt it with stones? Oh, pelted with stones. They'd be setting off fireworks, actually, glass bottles, anything goes. 
anything goes. Hello, I'm Trevor Marr. I'm an inspector in Waste Management Services in Dublin City Council. Trevor, you want members of the public to contact you about stockpiles of wood and tyres and fridges or whatever the young people want to burn. Absolutely. So we have we have a website, we have a special website and it's uh, dublincity247.ie and it's a self-service reporting system so you can report everything for any of our services but bonfire material is, is on that. And also we have a phone number which is uh, 72 so it's 2222. How was 2020? The kids were off school, they were able to collect wood for, for days. So I've been part of the, of the on-call service with waste management for the past five, five years as an inspector. And last year was without doubt our busiest. We joined forces like with housing and park section and we lifted 550 tonnes worth of bonfire material. Hang on a second, 550 tonnes of, worth of firewood? Yes. That was for bonfires? Absolutely, yeah. And there's probably a lot more that you just couldn't do? Absolutely. And a lot of that now, in fairness, to, to go back to it, was people reporting stockpiling in, in different areas in the city and we, we, we responded. We have an on-call service waste management we started on the 21st and we'll go right up to halloween so customer service will contact us or the guards will contact us if if they become aware of any stockpile and we we respond when you do show up with your lorry to take away the wood how do parents how do kids react we we a lot, a lot of the time we, we we'll, we'll go into areas with with, with the guards because um it can it can have an ad, an adverse reaction so from absolutely we have two trucks um on call, so we've won north side and we've won south side, um, and most of the time we, we, we'll go into an area with, with, with guards. So do they throw bits of wood at you, stones? Stones, wood, a lot of a lot of abuse, but like um, our lads just get on with, it, with what they have to do. It's the social consequences. It's 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 the injuries to, to young people and children and adults alike, and it's also to save the football pitch for the football clubs and and, and the parks for everyone to use. Like it's just to keep those safe. What sort of things do you find that are going to be burnt and how do we get that message through to kids that you can't be putting aerosols into bonfires, you can't be putting fridge freezers into bonfires because uh, you know they're going to explode. We're doing a lot through social media, just as you say, trying to get the message out. I mean, anything and everything can go onto a bonfire. There's been uh, gas bottles, there's been, as you say, fridges, there's aerosols. And it's just so dangerous. Like, I'm, if, if they're aware of stockpiling to report it um, obviously through, through, the, through the website and through the, the, the telephone number it's anonymous and we'll just we'll just go out and we'll, we'll you don't need to put leave your name or anything and we'll just go out and, and respond and so where do the kids store the wood would it be um, derelict sites would it be old factories it can be anywhere um, it can be in it can be in bushes in parks it can be it can be in derelict houses it can be in houses that are are, are, are lived in it really be, private absolute, dwellings yeah absolutely yeah in gardens yes front gardens back gardens wow. yeah absolutely so parents or consent there i mean parents have yeah. gone along with it absolutely we we've just recently we've we've had um we've had a couple of call outs where it was where our lads went to remove bonfire material and an adult would come out and tell us no that's ours it's you know and, and our lads are kind of left in a situation because it's it's, it's private, private property, property and, and, and it's yeah. personal yeah absolutely yeah. personal waste yeah, yeah so your main message to parents and young people today what is it with the run-up to halloween now report it because we, we need to think of the consequences of, of injuries to, to, to our young people and um, just to keep everybody just keep everybody safe.
Darren Salinger, how challenging is it working with the community? You know, you would know some of these young lads. You want to keep them safe, but they don't see it that way. Yeah, no, it is quite difficult going in. They're taking their timber off them, and the following day you're going in then to clean up the mess that they have left on the local football pitches, GAA pitches. So that black charred Everything, such. yeah. That they're playing there all year round. And then for one night of madness, that's it. They just go in there and destroy the pitch. Stolen cars. Whatever they have, they just burn. Cars too sometimes? Yeah. And you've got to clean that up? You have to clean the remains of whatever's left behind. Tires. Yeah. Tires, everything. Engines. Shopping plastic. trolleys. <laughs> gas canisters. Yeah, the whole lot. So Darren, last year was an extremely busy year with many, many pallets and lots of wood. It was, yeah. It was quite busy last year due to the COVID. A lot of kids had time in their hands, there was no school. So they were out, they were collecting a lot earlier. We came under fire a lot. Missiles, fireworks. So they throw stones at you, missiles, they do, fire, yeah. They point fireworks at you. Fireworks, wherever they have their hands. Yeah, we're in the firing line. And a big thanks to those council workers from Dublin City Council, Trevor Marr and his team. Clearing wood built up and stocked to build bonfires. I'm having a chat with Darren O'Connor, station officer in Fisborough Fire Station. When we take the last few years with the pandemic, with Halloween, there has been issues. Tell us, how has it been with the run-up to Halloween this year? A lot of the local authorities were you know, really working hard towards organising community-based events, and that, was, that had really taken off. Um, obviously, I mean, then with the pandemic last year, there was a bit of a downturn in that, and then it seems to be the same this year. Uh, but yeah, we're still seeing the same routine call-outs, you know, bonfires, damage caused to local community areas, stockpiles on fire. And being a fireman, every year we try and get this message out. Look, please don't leave wood out, don't make bonfires, stop messing with fireworks. And every year yeah. it seems to not improve. The fireworks start earlier and things seem to deteriorate. How frustrating is that, being a fireman and, you know, having huge amounts of call-outs, seven, eight, hundred, nine hundred call-outs on the night of Halloween? As soon as the secondary schools start back, it seems to be the, the stockpile start, the collection of wood starts, the fire start, you know. Uh, we'd always appeal to business owners, homeowners especially, you know, don't be leaving wood out, don't be leaving flammable materials out, especially with business owners, to secure your waste, secure pallets especially. And, you know, try and limit the amount of fuel that's available. But we do see it every year. I mean, it's a tradition. And we have to approach this from a practical view as well. It's a tradition that's been going on for years. People are excited by fires. People are excited by fireworks. Kids, adults, you know. So as an organisation, Dublin Fire Brigade, you know, is trying to use their experience to try and get the message across, you know, that fireworks aren't, you know, they're exciting. They're, you know, they're fun fireworks. When you get down to it, like, they are dangerous. They're mini explosives. And year on year, it's been proven and there is people that lose fingers, that lose eyes, that cause serious damage to skin and end up in hospital. You know, they are extremely dangerous. And talk me through that build-up and that pressure that firemen are under. For example, you're here talking to me. If you weren't, you'd be in your fireman outfit. You'd be ready for a call-out. Um, how much pressure is that on, not just Dublin Fire Brigade, but across Ireland? It's all local authority services, um, especially the fire services run by the local authorities. But, like, we have to maintain our fire level of fire cover across the city for all the calls that we deal with, the road traffic collisions, Dublin Fire Brigade run an EMS service as well. We respond to a lot of medical calls, cardiac arrests, strokes, unconscious people, you know, so we do an awful lot of work um, and we need them resources. 
you know, they're, they're vital resources and they need to be protected. And when we're out dealing, unfortunately, with these incidents, we're not available for other calls. We can, Sometimes it can involve um, appliances from other stations coming into different areas momentarily and having further travel distances to, to get to incidents. Every call gets a response. So as a station officer, when I arrive in the appliance, I basically do a quick risk assessment. Do the benefits of putting the fire out outweigh the risk? Is there a risk to crews? Is there, you know, if there's a gang of youths around it, um, there might be antisocial behaviour in the area, you know, and if the guards aren't available or the guards are there, we might just decide, no, do you know what, leave it here. If it's causing a risk to local infrastructure, critical infrastructure, ESB, power lines, uh, telephone lines, um, gas mains, property, of course we'll take action. And then Halloween night itself, the volume of calls coming in, we could receive 30 calls for the same fire. Every call gets a response, we'll go up. And this is another thing we'd appeal to people, to just respect what we're doing. We're not there to ruin anyone's phone. We may arrive, we may look at the fire, we may dampen it down, just take the heat out of it a little bit and then just leave it. Um, but we will risk assess them. And if there's a risk to property, critical infrastructure, we'll take action. And if there's not, we may just drive up and just leave it be. What is your message this year uh, for uh, families? Let's say you do have a teenager that is collecting wood, mainly boys are building these bonfires. We just think about like the money that's spent. Like I mean, Dublin City Council spends millions every year, and you know they've run a very successful campaign of um, removing stockpiles. And again, it's due to the public reporting the stockpiles, which can be reported on DublinCity.ie. Think about the money that's used up that can be put into the community in other ways. So every green that gets damaged, every area, playground, every area that gets damaged has to be replaced. This is community money that's in your community. So talk to your talk to your kids about, you know, the damage that it's caused, the impact that it has on the local. It might be their small brothers and sisters playing in the playground, playing on the green area. And after Halloween, you just drive around and you see the devastation that's actually caused to these areas. And charred black greens. And it takes months and months, months. Even local football pitches, like Bonfires in the middle of local football pitches. The pitch is gone then, you know. So we just asking to educate your kids about around the whole issues that that come with that, you know. But every call that comes in um, is put onto the system and then it gets gets a response. So a lot of the times on Halloween night, we drive around and we drive into estates and you mightn't see any lights flashing on the truck. You know, we might just drive up. We might take action. We might not. Um, and Halloween night, we put a system in place of managing all these incidents because of the volume that's coming in. But in the build-up to Halloween, you know, like in the last couple of weeks there, like it's been it's been extremely busy. Like, you know, we're dealing with the bonfires, we're dealing with rubbish on fire, we're dealing with stockpiles on fire, and then we're dealing with all the other incidents, you know. So, yeah, it's 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 definitely been busier, yeah. If you're going to go and build bonfires, keep them small, keep them off local areas, don't use fuels, don't use petrols, gas cylinders, et cetera. Um, and if you're going to have a small little event for kids, bucket of water, make sure you have a fire blanket close by. Kids' costumes, homemade costumes can be very dangerous. Homemade costumes contain, you know, products that you'll find at home, combustible materials and stuff like that. So always buy properly made flame retardant costumes for the kids that are CE marked, buy them from a reputable wholesaler. People are, you can see now even driving around all the houses that have been decorated. <laughs> you know, it's it's like, it's the it new is, Christmas. It's the new Christmas, yeah. isn't it? Halloween. It is, yeah. So the likes of candles. Um, there's a lot of LED alternatives out there. You know, there's no heat often. They're battery operated, so. Yeah, I was never a fan of candles. Candles, you know, extremely dangerous. Yeah. It's a live flame in your home. Yeah, yeah. Darren O'Connor, Fisborough, Dublin Fire Brigade, thank you so much for dropping by. No problem at all. Coming up, the kids give their view of Halloween. Henry's Horror Show on News Talk.
and you're very welcome back to Henry's Horror Show. We're talking everything Halloween up until the top of the hour. Now, we're going to hear from the kids of Holy Child Boys National School, Lark Hill, Whitehall, Dublin. Here is a special Halloween Kids Talk. The kids talk about the Netflix hit Squid Games. One of the best Korean shows I ever watched. I really hope it returns for a season two. It's based um, after the games that all the players would play as a child, so like Red Light, Green Light and Marbles and things like that. It is very violent and that's the thing that I don't like. I think that Squid Game is like, it's not for children, but if you have parents and they allow you, then you could watch it. Squid Game is really interesting. You don't know what the next thing is going to be and there's loads of action in it. Time to time I'll just skip some parts that are too violent for me, but I think like it's good, like they show you why you shouldn't gamble and like if you want to get money, get it the good way, not the bad way. It's good, but I wouldn't watch it because it's too unrealistically violent, like huge blood splatters everywhere. I could handle like Jurassic Park, but not blood going absolutely everywhere. It's very violent and probably not for kids. The kids talk about Halloween and the dangers of fireworks. Halloween started because of this festival from the Celtics called Samhain. They dressed up because they thought the spirits would come back on that day to see their relatives, so they would dress up to scare the ghosts away. I really like Halloween because it's fun and the bonfires, they're not too good for the environment, but they're still good to go to. There might be fireworks and bonfires, so you should be careful. You could get hurt, maybe the fire could spread. It didn't start like in the Celtic times, it was um, way back in like the New Grange times. Uh, they said there was evidence that, um, uh, that uh, they celebrated Samhain back like 5,000 years ago. When you're out trick-or-treating, you, you should uh, bring one of your family members to be safe because recently there has been many incidents. Halloween means that I'm remembering the people that died long ago and it also means that I get to dress up. I like to be scared and it means that the people that died, can we can remember them. Why do you like being scared? Um, I just like being freaked out. Um, in my religion, we don't really celebrate Halloween. We still give out candy, I mean sweets, to people that um, come to our house. You can't like light fireworks without the um, like the fire brigade and the guardie because then it could be illegal. You shouldn't set off fireworks without permission or supervision from the government because if it flies the wrong way, instead of up, it could fly at you and really injure you. In, in case it's like a faulty one, it just it could explode before it um, lights and goes off. I always hear uh, fireworks in my estate, and whenever I see fireworks, I just step back a bit. I don't think it's smart to light fireworks without uh, the fire brigade's permission, and also you're losing a few fingers just to show people something uh, that looks cool. You shouldn't do it because it's too much of a risk throwing, like, bangers like they would blow your entire hand off if you're not careful and there's these things called black cats who are they're huge things so and that's a big firework that they're huge fireworks like they're, they're like the size of your head and you'll get tons of faulty ones the fuse will go off instantly and it'll just blow up 
And then there's others that the fuse won't go fully. My dad says that you'll blow your hand and fingers off. They can be dangerous because they either break their arm or something, or it'll just take their hand off. In my opinion, I would recommend you try to avoid fireworks since they can be a bit dangerous to kids. I'd say they're dangerous because um, if it goes off and if you were going to light up a firework, you're going to have to uh, see if you're allowed because if the police catch you, you could be in big trouble. I once saw a firework that was going off and then next door I heard a dog that was just whining so much. So it's just like... Was just because like, dogs don't like fireworks, yeah, do they? Yeah, they hate them. I think fireworks are dangerous, but it's also cool to see fireworks explode in the air. They're dangerous if you throw them into a bonfire and they could just explode and you could get like hurt really badly. There was this ad about fireworks and someone lost their hand from it. Fireworks are unsafe because first they're illegal and they could blow up any time. So the best part about Halloween is Halloween is scaring people. My aunt was coming back from her job, so I decided to uh, scare her and she got a bit spooked out. My mum does the one where you get the toilet paper and you wrap people up, so it's like a mummy. I'm going to play chase, chasing my brother with a snake. Now it's going to be a fake snake, but he's kind of scared of it anyway. I asked the boys what do they want to dress up as this Halloween. Chucky the doll. I have this like white mask and like a white painter suit and it looks kind of creepy. I'm going to dress up as a black morph suit. It's where you cover your whole entire body in one colour. I'm going to dress up as a character from a game. I know he's a purple zombie with tentacles sticking out of his back. A purple zombie? Yes. I'm going to dress up as a vampire. So I'm just going to wear this black hoodie and that mask with my scythe. I asked the boys about ghosts. It kind of looked like it was a skeleton wearing an old jacket and a top hat. Um, I believe in ghosts because I think I saw like a bit of movement in my house. Um, but I think he's a friendly ghost. I don't think he's like a bad ghost. I remember when I was once in bed and I heard a noise. So I just looked out the window and I saw a bunch of feathers. So I was like... I had an option to think that either it was a ghost or a bird that just banged on my window. So I just assumed it was somewhere in between. I think go for a silly old kid's tale. So you think that it's a, a silly old kid's tale? You don't believe in ghosts? Yes, I do not believe in ghosts. Not a single bit. If your dog barks and it's really dark, that, uh, that means that there's a ghost somewhere. They're 100% real because I seen one the other night. What did you see? I, I seen a banshee. It's real, they're real. It had a ripped up face, ripped clothes, and it was terrifying. Terrifying? Yeah, absolutely terrifying. What did the match you say? Nothing, it just flew through my window. Was it scary? Yes, I started crying. You cried? Yeah, it scared me. I was alone. Once there was this gravestone, and my dog like sensed the spirit, like ghosts. So I believe in them. It's really hard to believe that someone dies and then just, like their spirit just comes out of their body and starts annoying other people. I think ghosts might actually be real because once I was downstairs, I heard a loud noise in the sitting room. I went in, turned on the light, and then went to the fridge to grab something to eat. And then 
I look back and the TV is turned on and there's nobody else downstairs. Sometimes I would just get kind of scared because uh, my parents are just in their room and I'm just by myself in my like the living room. I would just hear some noises and like I would get kind of scared thinking that something's like there with me. I don't really believe in ghosts, but I kind of believe in zombies because of uh, something that happened back in World War One. The Germans back in World War One had like uh, chlorine ga gas. The Russians in the Osifis, uh fortress didn't have good masks or didn't have any gas masks at all. The problem was they had no way of protecting themselves against the glass. So they took cloth, wet cloth, and wrapped it around their faces and rushed out with bayonets on their rifles. And the Germans actually turned back and ran. They didn't realise half-dead Russians running out of a fortress that they thought would be dead. By the way, I kind of have some proof that ghosts are real. So one time during the night, I was hungry. I got a snack from the fridge, and then when I turned on the TV, and I just turned on like uh, my PlayStation, um, it just started glitching, which I kind of believe that ghosts were kind of controlling it. So the TV just kept switching itself on, yeah. onto TV? Yeah, and it just kept morphing the go to YouTube and morphing on by nothing, and I go tell my dad and it stopped. Our shelf is like blocking the light, so it looks really dark. And I sometimes look at it for so long, and I see like this big figure just looking at me. Once when I was in my bedroom, and then the door just closed by itself, and then I thought it was a ghost. The kids said they missed trick-or-treating last year, and they're delighted it's back. You couldn't go out, and you had to stay indoors, and... It's quite boring, but I'm happy that it's coming back this year and you can dress up. Last year there was no Halloween and I miss the kids like laughing and like when you give them candy and they'd be happy. Last year when we weren't going trick-or-treating, I was just sitting at home with my family and we had a bunch of kids coming to the house. Like every once in a while we just heard a knock. So my mom was like, is, is someone actually here? So we just went to the door. And my mom was just like, we don't have any sweets, but they were like teenagers. So they were just like standing there. I wasn't even here for Halloween, and uh, this Halloween is going to be my first ever Halloween. Your first ever Halloween? Well, last year I was in India, and I just came last year, November 5th. So you missed it last year, so this is your first ever Halloween in your life? Yeah. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah. And a big thank you to the kids of Holy Child Boys National School, Lark Hill, Whitehall, Dublin. Henry's Horror Show on News Talk. This is Henry's Horror Show. We're celebrating everything Halloween. Now, you've probably shopped in the last 40 years in Fun Place, in that joke shop on South King Street. It closed early this year, but it's back. It's moved across the road into St. Stephen's Green Shopping Centre. I went along to get an outfit. Hi, my name is Shay Howland. I'm the owner of Fun Place in Dublin. Shay, you had a difficult pandemic. You were on South William Street for decades, and you're back. 
we are we're back thankfully 18 months we were closed effectively um and uh, with no entertainment no live events no etc we we were closed no one got no one going out no party no crack we're in the crack economy so we're effectively closed down crack is back this halloween and people are having parties sensible parties i should say well they're not gonna have too many people we hope we're here in your new fun place upstairs in St. Stephen's Green Shopping Centre uh, near the food hall and we're surrounded by Halloween memorabilia and costumes and you name it. This Halloween, what are people going for? Well, they're going for a mix of things. There's not one thing that people are really asking for. Um, the squid game, a uh, squid game costume is really big but people you can't that. get that you can't get that of course because this these things always come out at the last minute can you not just wear a tracksuit well people are improvising that's what happens and they are type of customers people who are looking for us you know to be a bit inventive and be a bit creative and they're, they're the type of people we love coming in here so there isn't one particular thing uh, it's a mix of things but makeup has proven very very popular with us this year we've taken on two new brands chameleon and Meron makeup and that's proven to be really really popular for us you name it you can do it if you've got the creativity and, and the wherewithal and the time you can do anything you like with it how does it feel to be back to be almost back to normal doing what you do and what you love best entertaining people helping people make a costume how does that feel I feel grateful to be honest more than anything else like we really thought that we would never be back at this you know obviously our store in south king street had to close it was there for 40 years that was that was very very difficult but we've got a new lease of life now we've moved over to st stephen's green as you say between tk max and the food court and we're so lucky to be back at it again and we just feel grateful so if i'm looking for a costume this year i've got my old kilt my granddad's kilt so I could be Braveheart as anyone else I could be with my kilt? I, well, I think Braveheart's a great one, to be honest with you, Henry. <laughs> Depends what you wear underneath the kilt. I think that's the key to it. And I think you're not supposed to wear anything, are you? <laughs> well, I don't know about that. That's a thought now. I can't get out of my mind. I think the wool keeps you warm. <laughs> yeah, well, I take your word for that, Henry. And what else is popular this Halloween? Uh, I guess the usual. You know, your, your zombies, your witches, your... Uh, your clowns, all that sort of stuff. The normal stuff is, is kind of still as popular as ever, but I think people are, are being more a bit inventive around it, a bit more creative with makeup and wigs and so forth. And if you're looking for a last minute costume, obviously things sell out. It's bank holiday Monday today, just a few days to go. If you even can't get to the joke shop, what can you do? Well, I would say the first thing you've got to do is come into town, you know, because the city centre needs people to come back in and support the retail in here. City centres had a horrendous experience uh, throughout the pandemic. You know, local people were shopping local, which was great, of course, very, very important. But the city is also very important. And we would implore people to come in and spend a bit of time in town and, and, and you know, support the shops in here because we need it. So we're wandering around the shop front here and we're looking at all these different costumes ready to go. Uh, so you can be a fever naughty cop. So that's for a girl. Uh, you can also be a, a, a pilot. Pilots are still popular. You can be an air stewardess, let me rephrase that, an airways attendant. An airways attendant, or, yeah, herself can go as an airways attendant and himself can go as a, as a pilot. But yeah, look, there's so much variety. That's the great thing about, about Fun Place. And you've got some scary clowns here uh, that are creeping me out. And I can hear screaming. I hope that's not an unhappy customer. <laughs> Well, we, we, we certainly don't like unhappy customers. The whole thing about fun places, you come in here and you have fun and you leave and you, you, know, you look forward to your event and you, you go from there. People these days, they're wandering around with their camera phones filming uh, to the person at home saying, I'm looking at this for you, I'm looking at that for you. Someone's shopping remotely and the other person's actually in the store. 
crazy. That's what happens a lot of the time, actually. You guys, particularly with uh, with men, they like to come in and then before they actually buy anything, they, they they ask their partner, "Do you think this is suitable? Do you think this is okay?" They're always looking for that approval, you know. I'm having a chat with Aoife Wilmot. Uh, you're the manager here of Fun Place. Uh, .ie. We're looking at the makeup here. Makeup is hugely popular this Halloween. What do we have? Uh, you can look like a pussy cat. Uh, you can make one of your teeth look black. For many people, that's uh, they don't need to do that. Um, what else do you have here? Yeah, so we'd have this spirit gum with spirit gum remover. So that's if you want to stick any prosthetics on. So people stick on fake ears. People would do horns. So they'd stick them onto their forehead. And then we would sell of A, so that would be a sealer if you wanted to make a wound on your hand, you could just seal it so it wouldn't come off. And then we would sell glitter makeup, so I think eye makeup and face makeup is a really big one this Halloween. We'd also sell liquid latex, so there's loads of different things you can do with that. You can make cuts, and a lot of people would make zombie flesh. You'd sell things that you can actually put onto your hand and then squeeze it together and it will actually just make the cut for you. Wow. So it's really good for people that kind of struggle with special effects makeup. So you've got some great stuff here. Why do you think Halloween has got so big? You could say it's bigger than Christmas. Yeah, I think this one is especially because we were obviously closed the last two Halloweens. So I think this one will definitely be a big one. I think people are just going all out for this one. I'm chatting to Gabriel Marquez, originally from Brazil, working here in Fun Place. You love this Halloween period, don't you? You've done a lot of this makeup here. Yes, yes, yeah. It's very exciting to put the creativity out in the shop and help them with the visuals. Um, Halloween is definitely my favorite time of the year. Why do you love Halloween? I love Halloween too. Yeah, it's all about the makeup, all about the dressing up and pretending to be something you're not. You know, that's that's what I like about it. You're here shopping. What do you love about Halloween? I love the night out. I love getting to go to a party never in dressing up. Sometimes it's more hassle than it's work because you can pay so much money for a Halloween costume and never wear it again. But um, yeah, I love just getting to dress up and kind of have a fun night out. It brings the dark side out in me. And do you have a dark side? In Halloween, yes. <laughs> so what are you buying? What are you dressing up as? I'm actually, we're doing a recreation of the island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, I'm the mad doctor, changing staff and people into animals with basically uh, putting on animal masks and making them look like animals. As a kid I hated Halloween but as an adult I love Halloween. You hated it as a kid, how come? I didn't like dressing up. There was too many people going around doing badness, if you know what I mean. But now it's more of a celebration. I try and put as many kids into therapy as possible. <laughs> <laughs> My best friend is from Canada, so like Americans they go big or they go home, and we go big. I'm having a chat with Andrew Howland. You're 15, you're doing work experience in Fun Place for Halloween. What do you love about this time of year? The atmosphere around the place. Everybody's coming into the shop looking, from the outside the shop, it just looks really enhancing and people just want to come in and have a look because of the, all the cool things in here, you know, like all the masks and the wigs and the, the face paint and all, it's just really cool. I finally got round to seeing the Rocky Horror Show. I've never seen it before, could you imagine? I saw it for the first time last night. Uh, it's up on the, the Disney Channel, uh, up on their platform, and it, it, it's brilliant, it's weird, it's crazy. Um, fantastic, but what is your, your favorite uh, Halloween movie? Uh, probably It, I would say. Ooh, scary. Yeah, 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 probably, that was probably my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but look, I, I don't, believe it or not, I, I'm not that keen on scary. I'm a bit of a coward, so scary doesn't really do it for me too much. But a lot of our customers obviously are really into the horror and the gore and all that. 
And what did you think of the Rocky Horror Show? Great fun. What a show. Bonkers. Absolutely fantastic. Bonkers. It should be remade, I think. And that was Shay Howland from funplace.ie. Send me a tweet. I'm just at Henry McKean. And maybe a photograph of the outfit you're planning this Halloween. Coming up next, Dockers and Demons. The massive Halloween festival taking Dublin by storm. Henry's Horror Show on News Talk. And you're very welcome back. This is Henry's Horror Show. Now, we're going to talk about Dockers and Demons, this big Halloween festival. It's been around for five years, and it's turned into a massive celebration of everything connected to Halloween. The original idea was to get the kids away from the bonfires and the fireworks through arts and culture in the Irish town Ringsend area. I met Suan Moore, who was the lead artist this year, and the creative director, Mwyn Bloomer. Well, it started with Declan Hayden, who was the South East Area um, Community Development Officer. He's very creative. With Dublin City Council. With Dublin City Council, yes. And um, he had become aware of the work I had been doing in Ring's End with another project, Alight, which was Dublin City Council Culture Company. So I work in community arts an awful lot. Anyway, he had the idea of creating a Halloween festival, partly in response to that there had been a lot of antisocial behaviour and there'd been trouble with, yeah, you know, just a lot of trouble so around bonfires, bonfires and stuff. Bonfires, and you wanted to get back to the celebration of Halloween. Yeah, and its original roots sound, but like in a safe way, and also offering an alternative to bonfires and, I mean, I guess collecting, which has a big, you know, tradition here. So um, we started building up a, a sort of network, you could say, with all the local community and offering workshops and other events. We set it up in 2017, and by 2019, we had a massive marquee circus tent in Ringsend Park, and we had a big, spectacular circus performer performance, the Circus of Sin performance. So, and, and for you, I mean, how much has Halloween changed? Obviously, it's become massive, and it's the only thing now that's stopping Christmas bleeding in even further, isn't it? Which is a great thing as well. <laughs> My God, straight afterwards. Yeah, well, people love Halloween, and, and um, I mean, I guess sometimes people say it's become quite American or something like that. Um, but you you don't think so? You think it's actually getting back to... Well, I think a lot groups. of groups are beginning to really appreciate the sort of sound thing and the pagan thing. And yeah, and I mean, certainly Dockers and Demons has that as its root. And, you know, so it's a bit mixed as well, you know. I think if you gave a child a bag of peanuts at <laughs> Halloween, What's you'd be apples? thrown. Be apples and nuts, forget it. They're looking for chocolate and money. Interestingly enough, like in Ring's End, well, I think in lots of areas where there's a good, strong community... The fun and games and the delight in Halloween and as scary as you can is massive. So there's a big appetite for it. For the scare. And I know my mum still makes kids uh, trick or treat. They, they actually have to do a trick or they don't get a treat. She's quite strict and then they might only get some nuts. When it comes to this year, what can people expect? And obviously last year was very much online. This year you're trying to get back out there. We are getting back out there. So we're doing a lot of pop-up stuff and we are doing still some stuff online. online. We've yeah. kind of embraced TikTok. So mm. there's lots of TikTok <laughs> videos. And so we've been working with Rachel Rooney from the RCSF, which is the kind of community services forum in Ringsend and that area. And 
I've been working with two choreographers who are working with various groups and they're going to make TikTok videos um, that will be broadcast. Um, but we're doing, a, we're doing a, a small cabaret in Ringsend Community Centre outdoors, you know, so we're still, I mean, I guess it's that ethical thing of just even though things are opening up, just you want to be spreading well, of course, COVID. you want to do both. And yeah. the website again? The website is www.dockersanddemons.com and there's loads so there's loads of events, pop-ups like we're doing. We have the artist, street artist Fink and he's doing a live sort of performance art piece on cling film where he's going to paint on cling film so it's a film that will be gone. Um, there's lots of walkabouts and um, fun and games. There's storytelling. So do check out the website. There's an awful lot going on. Hi, yeah. my name is Suan Moore and I'm an artist from Ringsend. Suan, tell us about Dockers and Demons. I mean, this event has grown so much in the last five years. It has indeed. There's a dual idea behind it. One is to engage locals in creativity and the other is to reduce antisocial behaviour in the local area as well. And that message, that reducing the antisocial behaviour, has it worked? Are the young people getting involved in the arts side, the Halloween side of this massive festival? They have indeed. Um, Dockers and Demons, this will be its fifth year running and there has been a significant reduction in antisocial behaviour in the weeks leading up to and on the night of Halloween. So it's brilliant and one of the teams behind it is engaging local youngsters who would be at an at-risk age and giving them things to do, little bits of work on the evening and getting them involved in projects leading up to the festival itself. What do you love about Halloween and tell us about your role? I am pagan myself so I would be traditionally celebrating Samhain at the time so it's amazing to see people celebrating the old ways, the Celtic ways. Uh, This year's focus is mostly on climate change, recycling, the elements, nature, moving away from the traditional Hollywood my costume's better than your costume kind of thing. So you're getting back to how it used to be? Back to the roots, more towards what original Celtic people would have done, upcycling, recycling, connecting with the earth, waste not, want not, leave no damage, reduce your carbon footprint, celebrating your ancestors, those who've passed on before us. So this year we're going away from traditional, commercial, expensive throw away society and back to the roots so that's what I love about this year that I'm involved in That was Sue Ann Moore the lead artist from the Dockers and Demons Festival and it's dockersanddemons.com and that's it for Henry's Horror Show thanks for listening production was Mark Simpson Eamon Torsney Anne-Marie Kane and Claire Darmody thank you and we're going to play out on the Rocky Horror Picture Show here is Time Warp a bonkers film and a happy Halloween from everyone at News Talk. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep
Your hips. 